0: Biblical Counseling Journeys on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me my dear friend, Dr. Cheryl Bell. She's the wife of one, mother of four, and grandmother to four precious grandchildren. She holds a BS in nursing and an MA in religious education. After raising and educating her children, God called her to return to school, where she completed her, her PhD in biblical counseling with a minor in women's studies. Her dissertation addressed the issue of child sexual abuse. Let, let me pause and just say... Cheryl and I were classmates together. Uh, We actually entered the PhD program at the same time at Southwestern Seminary. So this is where I got to know Cheryl and really appreciate her and and her work. Uh, And I would recommend, if you can get your hands on her dissertation, yes, it is the academic version, but but very, very helpful in understanding the history and and how we conceptualize, even in a modern sense, child sexual abuse. Uh, Let me continue. She currently serves as an adjunct professor at Southwestern and Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminaries. Uh, she writes and equips for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors and the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, and she counsels women who are struggling to meet life's challenges. She loves to see God transform uh, His children's lives by His Spirit and through His Word in the classroom and in the counseling room. Uh, Cheryl, it's so good to be with you today. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Now we're going to talk today about your journey to biblical counseling, and, and honestly, this has become one of my favorite segments that we do. Is telling stories. And the scripture tells us that our lives are stories to be written out and proclaimed to people of the beauty of God's grace. Paul describes this to the church at Corinth. And I think it's important that we go back and we assess the beauty of God's grace, not not to proclaim or boast in anything that, that we've done, but we, we proclaim the grace of the Lord in our stories. And so I just want to start here, Cheryl, describe your life before maybe even conversion to Christ before you came to faith in the Lord Jesus, and then before you understood biblical counseling?
1: Well, I came to Christ very young, but like many people in my generation, once we were saved, everybody breathed a big sigh of relief, and we just kind of waited till we saw Jesus. So before I was introduced to biblical counseling, I didn't understand the concept of sanctification. I was saved, but I didn't know what it meant to die to my flesh and grow in my faith. And I remember even as a young woman, I was captured by the beauty of 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. But I didn't understand what this meant practically. I now understand this is a reference to worship. I also understand that worship is sanctifying, for worship transforms me into the image of the one I worship. While this can be a positive transformation like that laid out in 2 Corinthians, Psalm 115.8 lays out the antithesis when God tells us that all those who worship idols are like them. So, for example, practically in the counseling room, when I counsel women who are bitter against an enemy, often their mother's. I see women sitting before me who are becoming just like those they resent as a result of their single-minded investment of time and energy in condemning another person, which actually is a form of worship. They're being transformed into the image of the person they despise. So through biblical counseling, I've come to understand the transformative nature of worship. Before my exposure to biblical counseling, I sometimes saw time spent in scripture as an obligation of my professed faith not understanding the truth of John 17, 17, that I'm sanctified by time spent with God in his word, that this God-breathed word transforms me by its inherent power. In addition, I didn't understand that God's purpose for suffering, that he intended to use it for good to make me like his son, Jesus Christ. We see these truths in Romans eight twenty eight, Romans 5, 1 through 5, and James 1, 2 through I also came to understand that he planned to use the comfort he had given me in my suffering to comfort others. My affliction was not just for my transformation, but for the comfort and salvation of others. Once he, through his word, explained his purpose for my suffering, my perspective changed. It was no longer meaningless pain, but something he could use to change me and help others. These were the truths imprinted on my heart by biblical counseling and the ones he has and is using to transform me.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. And I, I want to take that a little bit further. I, I know a little bit you know, more detailed about your story and, and where the Lord has brought you from. Uh, talk about a little bit about how you were exposed to biblical counseling and why you sought this avenue out.
1: Well, as a young mother, <laughs> God gave me the gift of a difficult child. Seldom slept, and the sins of my heart were exposed under the pressure of this trial. And I was desperate, and I asked a friend for help. She invited me to her Bible study, and I went. The teacher of the class was an older Presbyterian woman named Virginia Smith. She told me on the first day of class that I was vain. Now, I was a young mother who lived in sweatpants and a big T-shirt, and on that day, I'd taken a special effort to look my best. But she saw right through it, and she said, you're vain. And yet she faithfully prayed for me, paid for a nursery so I could bring my children and come sit under her instruction. A few months later, she rebuked me for giving my opinion on scripture. She said, what does God say and where do you find it? She admonished me. This began my own passionate pursuit of biblical truth. I didn't want to be asked that question ever again. (laughs) One time, one of my students asked me why I went back and admittedly, my pride was wounded. But I explained that Virginia had the words of life when no one else seemed to and I was desperate to hear them and be transformed by them.
0: That's good, and I'm sure that none of our listeners can resonate with having a difficult child or living life in sweatpants and a big T-shirt, right? So, <laughs> I think that's the story of many of our lives, right? Is uh, you know the Lord chooses to use pretty pointed moments in our life and difficulty and struggle often before we start grasping for help. And I, mean, I'm so thankful for people that the Lord puts in our life, like Virginia, and He put Virginia in your life to uh, to point you to, to biblical truth. As you think about you, and I've I've heard this talking to you a lot. Your your love for the scriptures and that love for the scripture really it wasn't formulated into you know hey biblical counseling as this this uh, sort of professional or, or set apart way of thinking. It was more of man I love the scripture and the teachings in biblical counseling point me to love the scriptures and to apply it in a particular way. So talk about your experience with biblical counseling and and how you've seen the concepts of biblical counseling really impact your life. Well
1: biblical. Truth saved me from despair. It, it transformed my life. My testimony is kind of laid out in a portion of Psalm 107, verses 17 through 22 puts my story into words in this way. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. In turning away from God because of the difficult things he had allowed in my life, I was a fool who tried to live life without him. But, and by doing so, I afflicted myself. While I didn't abhor food, food was an issue. I turned to it for comfort instead of going to God. This is a common behavior in women who've experienced child sexual abuse like I did. When I finally cried out to God in my trouble and distress, he sent his word and healed me, delivering me from my own destructive choices. The biblical truths that I learned from Virginia didn't come from a trained biblical counselor, but from a woman who had taken 1 Thessalonians fourteen to heart. In me, she saw someone who was unruly. And she admonished me with biblical truth. My heart was desperate and therefore fertile ground for truth. By God's living and active word and through the power of his Holy Spirit, I was transformed. To this day, biblical counseling impacts me. I employ biblical truth by applying it to the women God sends me for counsel. And each time I address their hearts, God addresses mine with the same truths. The Holy Spirit is faithful to hold me accountable to change as I hold others accountable to change.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And it, it is interesting how I tell my students all the time, what makes you a very effective biblical counselor is the way in which the Word affects you first. And then you walk in the room with confidence that, man, if, if the Word can change me, then it can change the person who's sitting across from me. I appreciate you sharing that, that part. I, you're, you're still very involved in biblical counseling, you know, counseling women, as you've mentioned. You spend a lot of your time engaging with young ladies and You've served us at ACBC. You, you served on our abuse uh, task force where we put together, studied for over three years and, and wrote our abuse statements, committed to care. You're a frequent speaker, breakout speaker at our, our annual conference. And uh, what keeps you involved now in biblical counseling? Why do you pursue biblical counseling as an avenue uh, of ministry in your own life?
1: I'm involved with biblical counseling because this is the ministry God entrusted to me. I initially trained as a nurse because I wanted to help hurting people, but I discovered through this work that it was not their physical illnesses I was drawn to, but their spiritual distress. After raising and schooling my children, I asked God how I could finish this life well, (laughs) and led me to pursue and complete uh, the PhD in biblical counseling. It's an honor to hold this degree and to employ it for the good of God's people. I know biblical counseling works because God affirms that it does, and because he did and does change me by his word, and because of the work I see God do through this ministry in the lives of others. Ultimately, though, I practice this discipline not because it works, but out of obedience to Christ. He's commanded every believer to admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. It's a blessing to have had the training that helps me think and practice in biblical ways, but ultimately. I'm motivated by my desire to be obedient and to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant.
0: Amen. And I think that's really important. And I'm sure that our listeners can resonate with that. Now, Cheryl, I want to, we're running out of time today, but I want to, I want to dive a little deeper and maybe ask you to come back next week. I want to talk a little bit more detailed about your life, your story, give a few more of those particular experiences as we think about your journey to biblical counseling so thanks for sharing with us today I, I i want you to join me again next week as we as we talk a little bit more detailed about this i'd be glad to you're listening to truth and love a podcast of acbc You know, talking to Cheryl today, I was thinking about some of the booklets that she has written and all of our ACBC booklets. She's contributed, one, particularly on the issue of emotions and also child sexual abuse. You know, I I think these are wonderful resources for each of you. For those of you who've read through those, you know what type of resources is, how helpful it is to some of our counselors in just giving biblical wisdom on how to deal with these types of issues. And Cheryl's written two of those, but there are many more in our biblical solutions series. And also we added this last year, a biblical evaluations series where we're looking at uh, different counseling theories or different practical methodologies and giving a biblical critique so that we can think biblically about some of those issues. So I would recommend to you our booklets, the Biblical Solution Series and the Biblical Evaluation Series. You can find out more about all of the titles that we have at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.